Hi, you're listening to Penny for Your Love, the podcast about selling sex and buying love. I'm your host in denial, sex worker and storyteller from Amsterdam. I sell fantasies in the bedroom, on the page and on the stage. If you ever thought to yourself, I'd love to be a fly on the wall while sex workers chat about their job, then you've come to the right place. Penny for Your Love brings you honest, intimate, sometimes funny, always deep conversations about sex work and all the feelings that come with that job. And every week we're having an intimate conversation with a special sex worker and this week is no different. I'm very excited to welcome Levi, who I called Levi, but apparently it's Levi. <laughs> Levi. Hi. Yeah, Le- Levi. So Levi, welcome. And you are a trans sex worker. Correct me if I, you know, do it, say anything wrong. And uh, yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about um, how sex work started for you. Um, well, I was 19 and I was living on 50 euros a month. I was living in a squat and um, I always date men that are older than me, usually above their 40s. And at some point, some guy was like thanking me so much for me being in his house and having sex with him. I was like, wait, let's capitalize this. So started just trying out on bull chat or something like making little advertisements. And that kind of worked and I, I didn't have any bad things going on. Uh, was really good and then i i had sex with the people i would have sex with anyway but now for money as well have you were you did you transition at that point well i i started transitioning when i was 14 uh, and 16 with hormones 18 with operations so but i I was kind of halfway in my transition because i didn't have a penis yet but the phalloplasty so i still had a vulva but uh yeah and people could never touch it like they could look at it but they couldn't touch it because I didn't want it to be touched. But I thought when, when somebody's paying me 100 or 150 euros an hour, you can objectify me a little, you know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, interesting. So uh, what, can you uh, say the name of the operation again? The down, the bottom surgery, I believe. Yeah, what is yeah, it called? Phalloplasty. Phalloplasty. Okay, so you've done that already. Yes. Okay. And at, you said at 18 you had that? Um, no, I had that when I was 22 because it's quite a long process to get the operation. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I've been working on it for four years or something when I was 18 to 22. And then I went abroad. I went to Serbia for the operation. Serbia? Yeah. Wow. And I paid in cash 22,500 euros. Sounds shady. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but it all worked out. So. <laughs> okay, great. So it's okay. So it's wor- So I'm still processing that one. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. And uh, when we spoke on the phone, you said that you've actually... On a little break from sex work when did that happen and why um it happened like half a year ago six months ago when i met the guy who and i call now call my boyfriend and i wasn't doing it so much anymore the sex work but still i had some some clients that uh, already had and they texted me hey can you come over and then i went and a client texted me that in like after two months or something when after i met uh, my boyfriend and then I just asked him like, hey, a client just texted me, an old client of mine. What do, would you think uh, if I kind of meet up with him? Do you not want that? What's your idea about that? And then he said that his opinion was that he shouldn't have an opinion on it. So I was like, okay, you want to be supportive, but you are, don't feel it in your heart. So I said, no, then I don't go to the guy because I mean, my relationship is worth more to me than that 600 or something uh, euros. But sometimes I do kind of, it would have been nice if I still did it because I have quite some financial problems at the moment and it's a quick way to make easy money to me. But yeah, I just talk about it with my boyfriend that like I, I feel the urge or it would be really nice and then I got it out of my head and then it's fine also. Oh, I, I can imagine talking about it in this honest way, it really helps. But yeah, when you, I mean, you turn down that one client, but in a way you're turning down a whole lifestyle because it's not that 600 euros, it's mm-hmm. a means of income. And yeah, was so, so anyway, at this point in your life, is it fair to say that you value your relationship? Is that the most important thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Also, I mean, my boyfriend always supports me financially if I need to borrow some money or something like he's, he's very fine with that. So I know I also don't have to do the sex work but also i kind of miss it in a bit because it it felt quite powerful to um what do you miss about it 
I don't know. I think it, it felt kind of independent that I don't need anybody or don't need the government for the benefits. I can just make my own money even. And it is with something I basically love. It's sex. So that was maybe my dream job at the moment even. But still, it's all it's all very, very light. Like it never goes really in depth like relationship does, or at least in my case. So I felt your relationship way more than um, meeting all these guys for just a few hours and then never again or something. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's. I like that you say that it doesn't go in depth as much as a relationship because that implies in a way that there's already some kind of intimacy, even if superficial, with the clients, right? Yeah, well, I think so because um, I do electro on people, so people electro. are. Yeah. What is that? Um, well, it's it's basically I have like a battery or an aku, and I put um, little. Um, attachments on it that I can put like on the skin or clamps or uh, rings and then I can put that on the penis or balls or whatever and then I can electrocute them I can turn up the voltage and ampere and it starts with you yeah it starts with a stinging sensation and then gradually you can increase it till it's kind of like kind of pain but it's always safe so you can never make uh, wounds with it because it's a body safe device so and it's way better because before I did um, sex work as a bottom, and I mean, yeah, maybe you can understand if that's like quite invasive, literally. To be if, fucked, you yeah, mean. to be fucked. Yeah. Indeed. And now sometimes I'm even dressed, and the other person is naked. The other person is in a really vulnerable position. I I completely, you know, um, control his level of pain, and that puts me in a way different position. So so sex work started for you with like just classic fucking and you know, just sex, and then it transitioned to that. Um, yeah, well, after actually I, I kind of, at some moment I had like a, a breakthrough in my head that was like, I went also, again, I went on a normal date and I had my electros set with me and the guy was thanking me a lot like oh wow this is so good whoa and then he said something like do you do this more often do you do this for money and i was like well i do now (laughs) (laughs) so it was again somebody else who gave me the idea but it's 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 a way better business plan than my previous uh, way of sex work it sounds like the way sex work started and the new way of sex work for you you're always kind of almost like listening to the universe giving you signs like someone telling you okay here try this and you just go with it or people have like different because i think it's it's just like normal for me that that i dated guys in their 40s 50s but for other people that wasn't normal and then i i saw an opportunity like okay well if people are this thankful better pay me bitch (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's that's the word actually i was looking for it's like yeah you definitely your ears are open for opportunities like you're yeah you're ready to seize them always hustling you know (laughs) yeah that's what yeah that's the most important ingredient in a sex worker right yeah hustle then take us back maybe to your first client, the first time, like how, how it felt, what it was like. Uh... Well, he didn't know I was trans. That was the only thing that the only time I never uh, or I ever told somebody I wasn't trans. And he kind of figured it out because he was trying to finger me. And uh, then he felt like not not a penis. And he it was a pretty bad experience, actually, because he was like, oh, are you a woman? And I was like, no. And then I was kind of stressed and we kind of continued, but it was weird. And I always was afraid that somebody would find out and be aggressive or very negative about it. Of course. yeah. So then I made a profile on uh, Planet Romeo uh, for a sex worker. Uh, and I put there in my name, FDM Amsterdam. And then I put in the headline that I'm transgender. I put in my text that I'm transgender. I checked during the chat of pe- if people knew that I was transgender. I checked after they gave me the money when I entered their house, if they knew. So I checked it many times just because I didn't want this um, situation anymore. Of course, but it's pretty ballsy of you to even go on such a date. And beca- uh, what what were you thinking? Like, did you expect that they wouldn't see that? Or were you just going to not take off your clothes? Or I never told in regular dates many people still don't know that i'm trans that i have sex that's with oh. like um i just kept my underpants on or oh, i wore a jock okay. strap and then with like some fake soft dildo kind of thing a packer that's like penis shaped and you kind of have a filling and especially when i wore a jock strap Sometimes people wanted to touch it, me, and then I was like, no, 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 something bad happened. And then everybody kind of stops. Nobody can ask, you know, in this, course, what, yeah. what or when. 
So and you were bottoming at the time. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just told people I didn't like my dick sucked. So just keep off it. And uh, it always worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, until that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he asked, and I said no, and he kind of went with the no that I'm not a woman, but he was also kind of like. Like, why did then not feel balls or something? I don't know. We didn't really talk about it afterwards. But it's interesting that that first experience with a client almost like made you kind of come out in your sex work as trans, like put that on your profile. And yeah. Did you notice something change then in like client or demand or when you did that or? Um, well, before I didn't have a profile, so I cannot really compare the two. I had like a bullshit profile, but you know, that's very, uh, for people who don't know bullshit, it's like you make a one-time profile and as soon as you close the window, you're locked out and you have to make a new profile. So it's, it's very anonymous, which also makes it very sketchy. Uh -huh. um, and then I went on Planet Romeo where some people have 40 pictures of themselves and wh what kind of work they do and a lot of information. So it was way less anonymous and then but it also felt safer for both parties but i had one time a guy from london on his way to berlin and he stopped in amsterdam to to have a date with me and that felt really well good for my uh, confidence <laughs> <laughs> nice what was that like <laughs> it was fun i mean but sometimes when people are so excited about meeting me it's also starting to get a bit weird but he was willing to pay a lot and i was like yeah come over sure I rent a hotel and uh let's go so you mean like we're in the sense that you fetishize you or like yeah that, that, yeah yeah but it's i mean like i said before also like you can fetishize me all you want if you pay me good money yeah i don't mind exactly. for me it's, it's okay yeah it's definitely part of the job i mean to be objectified and fetishized exactly and you're selling a fantasy this is so i'm i'm selling the fantasy that i don't know i am some sort of guy or whatever um, and if they want to buy that fantasy, then we have both have work for the fantasy. And when I leave, it's back to normal life again. Indeed. I mean, this is all about fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's in everyday life, honestly. It's just that in sex work, it's more exaggerated. But yeah, sex and dating and all of that, you're always presenting some version of yourself, right? Yeah. So. Although now that I have a boyfriend, I want him to see the true version or the truest version of me, of course. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, because we're really open with each other that's i mean really good in a relationship um yeah it's so nice you're in the position that i kind of want to be in myself <laughs> like i'm slowly making my exit out of sex work i feel like this is my last year of doing it i don't know we'll see i've said that before but <laughs> i'm doing that in my mind this at least what i'm thinking now i don't know what i will think later to ready myself for a relationship but you kind of did it in the sense that the relationship came first and then you said okay this is not working yeah yeah, but also because he said that he wanted to be okay with it, I was way more okay with not doing it because my former boyfriend, he didn't want me to talk about it, about my sex work. He didn't want to know that I ever did sex work. Well, he knew, but I, I could never talk about it, never be open, never share any experiences because he could, would get super angry. Uh, and that, of course, made me like feel really trapped. And then I got quite like... Uh, I don't know, then I, I do want to go and do sex work if somebody traps me like that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's very, it's very toxic. Yeah. yeah. yeah but was. did he want you to, like, don't ask, don't tell type of thing? Carry on, just I don't want to know about it? No, he really didn't want me to do the sex work or talk about it, like oh. both. So he demanded that you stop it? Yeah. It's very hypocritical because, I mean, he met you as, like, knowing that that's what you used to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, but then already he, he, he wanted to block, he blocked that out or something. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, it's way nicer now that I can talk about it. Obviously, it's, it feels like a better start of the relationship also. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Even like these days when I go on dates or meet people, I'm like, it's a litmus test. Like I say, oh, that's what I do just to see how open you are as a person, because you want someone in your life who's, who thinks it's even fascinating that you've done this job. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. exactly. it is a, yeah, a unique job. Door to Door and Human Rights Tattoo are organizing a photo expo at LGBTQ plus Bar Ferry in Rotterdam on December 10th, International Human Rights Day. Door to Door is a community center for sex workers in Rotterdam. Human Rights Tattoo is a social art project that set out to tattoo the entire Universal Declaration of Human Rights letter by letter on 6,773 people from all over the world. In the middle of the COVID pandemic, 10 sex workers got themselves tattooed with a letter from the declaration to urgently ask attention for sex worker rights as human rights. 
Their portraits and stories can be seen at this exposition in Bar Ferry at West Black 127 in Rotterdam. Join the release party of the expo on Saturday evening, December 10th from 7pm. Guest list tickets with two free drinks are still available for sex workers and allies. Check door-to-door -door Instagram for more info. Okay, I have a question about, was there any change in clientele or your feeling of doing sex work after you did the bottom surgery? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I think so, because I, I was way more confident. I didn't have to hide anything anymore. But also I didn't, ha I took out of my profile, or actually I made a new profile that didn't say I was trans. And then you get way more replies and and as, as when i had transgender in my profile i got a lot a lot of questions like do you have a pussy and then they didn't want to meet up i noticed immediately they just want to get like free information and i refer them to google but it's <laughs> it's and that I, I could never know for sure if somebody really was interested in meeting up or he just had some questions that he wanted to ask any trans person right and now i don't have that anymore and i'm more more sure that if people write me they are interested in electro uh or also oh, that's the main thing you sell yeah yeah okay actually basically the only thing like i can whip people but i i really rarely do penetrative sex okay even before you met your current boyfriend yeah okay why, why is that is that prefer well because i mean if i'm bottoming I'm in the vulnerable position and like I said, nothing ever bad happened to me during paydates. But of course, it's a little bit slippery uh, situation where something, you know, if you're a vulnerable position and somebody's paying, some, some, maybe somebody wants to demand more or something than, than you talked about. And now I am the do dominant person, which is really weird because I was never dominant. So I really had to get used to that. But yeah, I'm just relaxed in my clothes and just yeah uh ch turning on some dials and yeah oh, interesting say more about that like the, how uh, <laughs> uh adjusting to being the dominant one well the first time i had to do it it was or had to do it i, I yeah i had a, a electro date it was it felt so unnatural because also in my dating life i'm bottom so i i never had the upper hand and i never uh, had the dominancy and then i was i was thinking like it's 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 a fantasy that I'm selling. So in the fantasy that I'm selling, I'm I'm fantasizing about me being dominant. And the first few times I kind of had to get used to it. And I'm still not somebody who says like, do this, do that. But I, I did notice that I quite liked being a sadist also, apart from being a masochist myself. Like it's quite fun to to just put it a little bit higher. And so because like, ow. <laughs> uh, and, and it feels kind of good or something. <laughs> it's really yeah. weird. I never would have known. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if, if, it, if I can compare it, but I, I also give massages, like deep tissue massages. Mm. And I like, because I like to receive very strong, intense massages. So that's how I like to give them. There is something about pain that can be kind of juicy and good. Like, but it's a very thin line, right? Yeah, and yeah, you can yeah. cross it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's also, I mean, something that I have to be cautious of, of course. But because um, the dials are really slowly building up so I can move it a millimeter and barely anything happens. And if, if so, as soon as somebody shows pain in his face, I turn it down a little bit and then I can turn it up again. So you kind of go back and forth. But yeah, it is, it is, it's way different than being uh, the submissive person. Yeah, of course. But you said that the machine is body safe. Yeah. So that means you can't really hurt anyone, even if you crank up the dial or? Well, you can, um, because if, if you put electricity through muscles, the muscle stands up. And that can sometimes, I mean, potentially somebody could break a bone even because the muscle is that strong that it can break your bones. And if you put like a butt plug and then put the electricity up full all the way, somebody once did that to me, I kicked them out of my house and I almost kicked them in the face because it hurts so much because all the muscles in my Fuck. belly and uh, of the rectum and stuff, they all tensed up. Um, so asshole. you can, yeah, you can, <laughs> you can hurt somebody, but you never get uh, burning wounds or something. Like if I put it on the on the skin, I can all turn up the, all the dials, and you will not have any scars or, yeah, anything noticed the next day or something. But anyway, the people that come to you for that are coming for pain, right? Most, okay. yeah. Some some guys just come because they're curious, and I I have in my profile also. Um, 
if you're curious about electro, we can find out together what you like. So I don't necessarily give pain, um, but yeah, be, yeah, it's it's kind of in the same category as pain, the tingling feeling, and then it becomes pain. It's not, but not all people want the pain; they just want the tingly sensation. Would you do that for? What about in your own personal life? Is that kind of that's that's something that turns you on as well, or is that just part of your? sex worker fantasy well i bought the machine for myself because when i was eight years old i saw my very first porn something uh, of ever um and it was like a gif image three images uh, three drawings of a guy standing in a, a tub with water up to his ankles and a woman dressed in black i think latex but like pulls a lever and then uh the, there's like um the, yeah. How do you say? His it? hair stands up. Yeah, his hair goes up, and then the lightning bolts um, around his uh, head, and I was like, "Wow!" But I was eight years old, you know, and yeah. I never knew anything sexual yet, and I was like, "Wow!" And then eighteen years later, when I was twenty-six, I bought my first machine without ever having tried electro in between. I never could find anyone I trusted that had a device, and yeah, then I tried it on myself, and it was great. So. Yeah, that's probably that makes you a good like the the dominant top say this whatever you want to call it because you actually know what it's like to be on the other side of it exactly yeah, yeah. i do think that's a that's a really big advancement yeah even like i think a very good top even in just penetrative sex knows what it's like to enjoy getting fucked as well so yeah it's definitely yeah or at least know kind of the feeling or why people yeah. want it or something yeah. why exactly. though they don't like yeah. it why it's good and how it's good and were you ever tempted to take take it into other areas of BDSM, like I don't know, roping and or whipping or uh, more uh, electrocution or? Yeah, I I have tied people with their hands to my bed, for example, and and restraining them, but it was really light restraining. I mean, like they weren't all tied up, just their hands. And there's one client that um, uh, rents me regularly. He wants me to to hit his penis with a with a whip very hard, and he has whips, so I just do it, but. I noticed because because it's not really my thing and I, I just act like I'm dominant, going further into BDSM is is more scary for me because I get for, further and further away from, from my role as a submissive, my right. natural role. Oh my God, yeah, that's, uh, wow. That, uh, that resonates with me, not so much about the BDSM. Every time someone asks me like to uh, do like humiliation or things like that, I always say no because I find it way too far from like, I would almost find it funny if I go there and like start doing it because so so not me. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can imagine if you're submissive, then yeah. Is there a typical electro client? Yeah, it's it's usually guys that are a bit new to BDSM, uh, or that that because because I'm so open in my profile about trying it out with me, they they feel like it's a small step into the BDSM world. But most of them are older than forty five. They have a pretty steady job usually because, I mean, it costs a lot of money uh, to hire me or rent me. Um, but, and, and f yeah, further, it's not really, um, a, yeah, a lot of similarities between them. Um, because I've also had younger people that were curious that I did Electro on or, yeah. Yeah, I would imagine there would be two categories. The curious, it's like, oh, what is this? and the guys who who've tried it many times and actually like it and come back for yeah, more, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you build a lot of like regular clients with something like Electro or? Yeah, actually a lot of clients that I had wanted to uh, rent me a second time or third time or fourth. So yeah, they must like it, I think. Yeah. Do you do it at their place or yours or? Doesn't matter, I live alone. So that's also a big privilege, like I can meet guys in my house if they live in Almere or something I say like okay come to me to Amsterdam but I, it's like a pretty small kit like it's it's a little briefcase um, no bigger than a book so I can bring it everywhere by train or something that's and it has batteries you don't need a plug so well, yeah. I'm now very, I'm super curious <laughs> about this so it, so it's actually always like uh, what are the areas that you can electrocute nipples Mm, actually everything uh, uh, below the hips because above the hips you have the heart uh, right. and electro of course has uh, a lot of influence on the heart the way the heart beats and even if you have never had heart problems it can trigger a heart problem 
and i really don't want that so i tell the people like because some people do on their nipples but then they know they've tried it before and and with themselves or with somebody else and know that they don't have a heart rhythm uh, disease so um but i don't want to be because that's i i also text them always up front hey do you have any underlying health conditions that i need to know of or any heart problems ever or do you have a pacemaker because i want it black <laughs> and white that these people told me they never had it because if somebody something bad would ever happen i'm kind of like it's not my fault and i can prove that i didn't know and i couldn't have known so yeah that it, it that's always a bit of a tricky thing but yeah everything always goes well up to now that's great so then what are the areas that you can execute so the balls so the balls the um uh, penis the the head of the penis but also the upper thighs um like just on the skin yeah of the thigh. yeah yeah and i have a butt plug and a dildo so you can also electrocute from inside out um uh, yeah that's mainly what i do and also just the the buttocks also you can electrocute as butt cheeks. yeah um it's also really because it the whole area tenses up so it can also feel nice if you were uh using a regular dildo and then electrocuting the butt cheeks because then they they cramp up and then wow. the dildo goes in a bit like sounds yeah. kind of amazing and does that involve like a happy ending or is this the, elect the electricity is the thing usually they or I, I don't know but usually but most of the times they don't come oh. and not even i mean like because the electro it's quite rare if somebody comes from it uh because it it's not really i don't know it's not necessarily an erotic feeling or it doesn't affect only right. the erotic nerves but also really the tactile nerves for example and yeah no, i meant more that in combination with like you know jerking them off or something um, or like or is it just they come to no but they, they're usually also not hard oh yeah yeah it's also sense, sometimes actually. because some people choose to use uh certain substances uh like drugs um and then they get can get hard and i'm okay with some clients that i know if they want to use it because i know they won't become weird or something you, you know it's always a bit of a gamble if they if someone's on drugs yeah yeah for because sure because you never know how somebody is or if they start having heart problems or anything yeah um but yeah i don't know not not all people get hard yeah yeah so when you then you're talking about camagra and viagra right or are you no, talking like about hard drugs meth or, oh oh fuck. yeah <laughs> yeah or cocaine or something like that so I'm gonna just read between the lines and say you're always sober in your dates with clients. Yeah, I yeah, am. Yeah. yeah, you seem like it. Yeah, that's good. Because I want to, I I, I have control. I need to take control, and I need to be responsible with that. You know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, nice. I've heard that line before. Never heard it applied to sex work. <laughs> <laughs> so so how does the date end? Like when they're fried, <laughs> they can't take electricity anymore. Hmm. No, usually actually it ends when when they run out of money. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, like some people, they, they uh, ran me for like six hours and he had like the cash for six hours and then he wanted to, me to stay longer and longer. It was like, okay, I'll send you a ticky. <laughs> Damn. Um, and, uh, but at some point I also go home to my dog or, you know, I'm, I'm just done with it because it, yeah. it's, sometimes it can become a little bit boring for me just turning the dials <laughs> uh, and also because it's not naturally me my dominancy is not natural to me it's so a it's not, you're playing a role in yeah a sense, sometimes yeah. i get tired of it you know so then Can't i just be stop. meryl streep the whole day like, no exactly <laughs> switch it off but wow i'm loving six hour dates Damn. yeah can i be your disciple can you train me <laughs> can i course. take over the market <laughs> of course well it's a great investment because the machine the device costs like if you have all the uh, all the attachments with it, like five, six hundred euros, the machine. But, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I already made so much more money than those six hundred euros course, that yeah. I paid for the machine. So it's it's not even a big investment to start. But this. yeah, so I'm assuming the dates are long. So yeah, well, if people just want to try it out, usually it's, they start one hour and they do, they usually want a second hour and then they're done. Um, uh, but some people i have dates with six to eight hours with but then they they use drugs i bet yeah yeah and we also take breaks i mean like it's not six hours fully being electrocuted but also yeah. talking <laughs> and and uh, you know having a smoke in the kitchen and having a drink and yeah of course yeah 
You're never turned on to like take off your clothes and play a little bit, like to take it to another. No, no, no I, I, just... it doesn't turn me on also to, to do the dials and stuff. No, like, not the dials, but to see them, you know, no, stimulated they, and all they, of that. They are always in the, in the, in the uh, submissive role. And if I choose, then if I should choose for myself, I right. am in the submissive role. So right. I don't see it as... I can be a little bit jealous at them, like, oh, I would like to have this done to me. Just get off the table. Yeah, exactly. Let me. But um, <laughs> it, it's not really something that I get turned on with. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a performance in a yeah. way. Yeah, that's great. And I'm fine with that. I mean, like, I, I don't mind doing it, obviously, and especially when people pay me. But it's to me, it's not something sexual. Wow. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you practicing digital self-defense as a sex worker? Many sex workers choose to be open about their sex work, but not everyone needs to know everything about you. Nowadays, you may leave many digital traces behind, especially when you're working as a freelancer and advertising online. Now you can make it harder for malicious persons to track you and can avoid stalking, outing, and doxing by being digitally resilient. Go to swdigital.nl to find out what their digital advisors can do for you. That's SWDigital with a double A dot NL. You said you've never had like bad experiences with clients. No, not with clients. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's great. Yeah. But also because I'm a bit more cautious, I think when selecting clients, because I do some sort of selection, I do want them to send a picture of themselves, maybe not with their full face on it, but at least something I want them to, to, uh, is their name. And if there's a name on the nameplate in front of their door, I take a picture, I send it to my best friend. Like I, I let my best friend know where I am until what time I'm booked. So then like, yeah, if I if you don't reply tomorrow morning, I'm, I've been kidnapped or whatever, but it feels so I'm, I'm building some safety around me. That's great. And, and also again, being the dominant person, um, it's way diff more difficult for somebody to go over my boundaries because I'm the dominant and they're vulnerable. So yeah. Yeah. that's exactly why I always only top in my dates Yeah, Not because I'm strictly top, but because I, I don't want to put myself, like you said earlier, even in a vulnerable position where I'm getting paid because then a person can demand to dominate you even more. And exactly. Yeah. So that's also, I, I did always uh, write really clearly in the chat. What are we going to do? What are we not going to do? What are your boundaries? What are my boundaries? And just make a really a strict framework of that to to minimize the chance that somebody says like yeah well i paid you 300 euros now you also have to do this or that yeah yeah boundaries is a good one and you seem to have very strong ones yeah now i do but it's easier um for me because i'm also autistic it's actually you're sorry you're what? i'm autistic, autistic. I have autism and then um it's it's really clear for me what we are going to do and in a regular date anything can change you're not as clear making the framework as clear as in a pay date so then i'm sometimes confused and then people can take advantage of that but in, a, in an escort date yeah it's clear for me what we're going to do and i understand what's happening i don't have to flirt because i can't flirt or yeah it's just clear and then we can right go. yeah exactly that's actually what we're always drawing in as well to to sex work is that yeah it's it's all yeah super honest very clear it's like yeah there's exactly yeah yeah yeah, whereas dating requires this dance that's... Uh, I don't want that. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> I never yeah. understand it. Tell us about the relationship between your autism and sex work. How does the autism affect it, if at all? Or like, yeah, where do you see the connection? I got to think about that a little because I do not know uh, exactly what parts of me are autistic, so I'd say, or what traits come with autism. And I also have ADHD, so I'm quite neurodiverse. And I do not know how it is not to be neurodiverse, of course. So for me, the way I react to someone is the normal way, because it's the only way I've ever known. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm quite straightforward with people. Like I don't, I don't dance around the subject because I don't understand that. Um, but that is autism in itself. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not dancing and going straight. To yeah, the thing. exactly. Yeah. And and well, like I said, the framework up front that I really like that and it gives me confidence. Um, and further, I mean, I I never. Well, I I do kind of have a problem if people touch me or hug me, but 
if it's in sex work, I know why I'm there and I know my purpose of being there. And then it's okay to have bodily contact with other people. My God, the more you talk about it, that's this is so familiar to me. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, maybe I am autistic. I don't know. Because I was in love with that show, Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. I was like, shit, I'm relating to these people so much. Because it's like this idea, that's what I always loved about sex work, that it's clear. I know exactly what I'm doing and I know what they want. And then it becomes confusing when it's not. So in a way, it, I think what you're saying is, is um, touches on like social awkwardness in all human beings. Yeah. And how we're all kind of afraid of the things that we don't know and we prefer maybe clarity or something. It's, yeah. But I think most people are better to ignore yeah. that. That's kind true. Of for me, I really That's get confused true. and completely shut down and yeah, or yeah. get panic attack or something. It's like... For me, it's a right. big thing, but yeah, a lot of people, of course, uh, notice this feeling also. Yeah, no, but indeed, you're right. It, like it becomes, it's almost debilitating or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised actually when you say autistic because, and forgive me for my own, probably own ignorance, like autistic means like there's, they struggle a lot with emotions and showing emotions and ma putting mm -hmm. relationships forward, but you were quite clear in choosing your partner over this line of work. It seems like you have a healthy emotional life, at least from Well, I don't know it. if it's, emotion or more um how you say um like more moral concept that i i don't want to hurt my boyfriend and i don't want to lose him uh and certainly not over something as stupid as sex work basically like for me he is way more important than a job yeah yeah he even said uh yeah and what if i put 600 euros on the nightstand do you and i was like no i don't want your money <laughs> but it was really sweet that he kind of he wanted to find a way that i could make the money and he was fine with it okay nice and when we spoke on the phone as well you mentioned there are uh, children he had that he has yeah he does have two teenagers wow foster children you foster said. kids yeah okay wow so you are your stepdad <laughs> that's a bit far fast but i i mean i don't um i don't do anything in the raising of the kids but i do know them and they like me and i like them they're fun kids so that's it's but it's weird and different to date somebody who has children especially when they're like 13 and 16 they know what's going on and we can yeah when when the kids are there we we have to be way more different with each other than of course when the kids are oh, not there in what way <laughs> yeah well i mean like uh, talking about certain subjects or something it's not that it's a toddler and doesn't know what the words mean like they are teenagers they they watch porn themselves like yeah it's 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 different yeah but it's kind of beautiful yeah and and to me it was also um some security that he raises foster kids because to raise foster kids you have to go through a, a huge process of being examined if you are fit to raise kids and if you are truthful if you're honest and because yeah be, i i have had bad relationships uh, in my past and now because he because i knew that he had foster kids i knew he had some sort of honesty and 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 he was a good person because he raises two kids that he doesn't have to raise like yeah exactly sounds like a very special human being yeah he is yeah nice how old are you again i'm 28 okay so I'm, I actually, there's more years between me and my boyfriend than between he, me and his youngest son. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but it's also funny. We don't mind. It's great, yeah. So he was able to just become a foster parent on his own as a single man? No, he uh, had a really long relationship with a guy and they were married. And then last year, the guy cheated on him on his birthday uh, and left him with two kids and no house. So, and now he's kind of single, single-handed raising the kids but sometimes they go weekends to his ex because um jeugdzorg the foster organization wants to them to have a relationship with his ex because they have been left a lot of times in their lives oh shit, so yeah. they have to see that somebody can leave but not necessarily leave them behind oh yeah it can be re-traumatizing in a way yeah oh, yeah wow damn that sounds like the what his ex did almost sounds like cartoonist villain like from yeah. a soap opera like i'm gonna leave you with the kids and go it's like damn no yeah cold. really but i mean i don't understand how you be, can be such a, a dickhead and especially not to my boyfriend because he's like the sweetest guy ever and i'm like why it must be a real intense fear 
Yeah. Maybe the reality of like, okay, now I have to raise foster kids with someone like. Well, they already had a foster son even that they raised. And now this is like their second round of fostering. So I don't know. But maybe it is a certain, it dawned on him that he didn't want it or I don't know. But you're obviously involved in the everyday life of also the foster children, right? Because you're in a partnership. A little bit. Like like when my uh, boyfriend works late, I cook for them or. but I, I, I never ask if they did their homework or something like that, you know, or I ask them if their test went well, but not learn for your next test or something, yeah. not being a parent. Yeah, yeah. Would you ever be honest with them about like your past with, with sex workers? Is that too early to talk about such if a thing? If they're older, I'm sure that I would be able to tell it because, yeah, but now, you know, when you're 13, it's a bit too young and, and to, to know these kind of things. And also mm-hmm. I know them for only half a year. So that's also a bit soon. Yeah. Too much to put on their plate right now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Great. Well, to segue back to like sex work, I'm curious, like uh, many different sex workers have different theories about that, but usually like clients come to you, let's say the stereotype at least, is that they're missing something, that they're lacking something in their life that they get from you. What do you think, like from your experience of having been a sex worker, like could there be a general rule that you put over your clients that they come to you for a certain thing that they're missing in their life or? Um, well, I, I don't really know if they're missing really a big thing. I never really noticed that, but what I do notice is that they just want a sex date. Usually when I, when I still did bottoming also, they, they just want a sex date. But if you pay someone, you're pretty certain that they will come and you know, they also like the framework that's been put out up front. So, uh, yeah, it's just a clear way of getting fast sex and then they pay for it, but they can miss the money. So whatever. And now with the electro, I think a lot of people are just curious about it or they, um, because one of my, uh, clients that I, uh, meet more often has a boyfriend or a husband, I don't know for sure, but he has a man in his life and still he meets up with me quite regularly. So. Yeah, he just really likes the pain of the electro. Um, and I think that his boyfriend cannot do that or something because they want also somebody who is, who who knows how to work the device because it's, yeah, you can hurt somebody. Yeah. Yeah. How many years have you done this electro sex work? Two, two years. Ah, okay. Yeah, but it, it's, uh, I could have way more dates than when I was a bottom, like I could have six dates in a day I'd never had, but like bottoming, I could only have one, one date or three, every three days or something because it's quite intense. So yeah, um, I got way more clients so I, and I could ask more, or I thought that I could ask more money. So it was like, so really, the le- with, the electro. with the electro, yeah, because the next person that uh, specializes in electro is in Berlin. So that's quite far away. So then I can hire my prices, you know, because of course, um, the demand and, uh, is high, but, uh, the, yeah. The You're the only low. one who offers that here. Yeah. Well, I, who puts it in his, in his profile. And I looked on, on, for profiles that also, uh, did electro and I couldn't find any in the Netherlands. And I also know I have clients in the Hague. I have clients in Almere. I have clients in Groningen even. So yeah, I think I'm basically the only one. Wow. So now you really left a hole in the market now yeah. that you're not doing it oh, anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> you must train someone or start an electro school yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually, it's not that difficult, but I do understand that people want some kind of safety of, of the person. Of course. Yeah. So how open are you with your friends about sex work? Like, is it on a superficial level or do you get into details? Are they curious? They're quite curious and I'm really open about it. I even brought my electro kid one time to a regular party, not a sex party, but just a regular party and had uh, and did the, the attachment on their arm to let them feel what the tingly feeling was like. And everybody was like super, what? This is so amazing. I never knew this and, and really interested about it. And I tell them, yeah, like, yeah, pay me 150 euros. I'll do it again. You know, like <laughs> I, I'm really open about it. What a little businessman you are. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, by the way, the whole time you were talking, especially towards the end, I was like, do you have the thing here? I want to be, I want to try. I should have brought it, yes, right? Are yeah. you kidding? I'm so, yeah, I didn't bring it, yeah. but I should have. Yeah. I already thought that. Yeah. I didn't think that I was going to 
that I would want <laughs> to try it, but just the way you talk about it, like, my God, it made me feel like, shit, I want to try this. Yeah. Maybe another time. Yeah, I'll bring it sometimes to my studio. You can come over. Yeah. 150 euros. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, yeah, no, don't, I was about to say, don't hustle a hustler, but you know, it's, it's only fair. Yeah, you, I'm asking for a service. <laughs> no, just like kind of also what yeah, you said about kidding. what your friend said. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just give me a little ah, I want to Yeah, yeah, try we it. can do that. Okay, nice. <laughs> sauna NZ is Amsterdam's only gay men's sauna. Opened in 2013, NZ has a stylish private men's club atmosphere with fully equipped wellness facilities, including a large Turkish steam room, a Finnish sauna, and jacuzzi. They also have a cruisy dark room, 20 private cabins, and a <clears throat> slurp station. We'll leave that one up to your imagination. With a spacious lounge and fully stocked bar, it's also an amazing after-party hangout, and it's the only queer venue in town that's open until 10 a.m. every weekend. During the week, there's also a full schedule of recurring events, including No Towel Tuesdays and Gender Fluid Wednesdays. And there's also monthly bear parties for the big fellas. So plenty of reasons to come by for a visit, and it's incredibly easy to get to, just a few minutes walk from Amsterdam Central Station. Check out their website, sauna-nz.com, or find Sauna Nuvezides on Facebook and Instagram. Do you see sex work in your future? Um, I kind of hope so, um, but like, I also want to stay with my boyfriend for a long time, but maybe he will change his mind or, you know, when we're a bit longer together or something changes or something, then I would like to do it again. Um, yeah, because also it's not completely my own choice to stop, of course. I mean, I chose to listen, not to listen to my boyfriend, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. I love the, I mean, the, the respect and the, yeah, the honesty with that. That's great. Was there ever a point in your like, all the time you're doing sex work, even before the electro as well, that you developed feelings for a client maybe, or? Mm, well, yeah, well, not really feelings, but there is one guy that I met while doing sex work and later it became regular dates without payment. And I was fine with that. Like it was both our choice. So, but I, I didn't have feelings that I wanted to be in a relationship or anything with it, but he was like a super nice guy. And yeah, I didn't mind at all to go to him and, then he wrote me on my personal profile on, on Gay Romeo. And I was like, hey, yeah, we already know each other. Haha. Ha. It's like, oh, that's you. Okay, okay. <laughs> he was testing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. But, and, and I'm fine with that. But that's the only time that it became kind of personal or as personal as it got. Yeah, that's, that's pretty personal. I always found that transition hard, though. Like when you, because a lot of times, indeed, you are attracted to someone. And, but it doesn't somehow, it's never lasted long for me after you make that transition. Because there was something, I always found that there's a different energy in the payment. Yeah. It becomes. Yeah, mainly what I said before, like the framework kind of falls apart. And if the, the it's not really clear anymore what you do or what not. And then it's, it's like you said, it's dancing with each other again. And, and it's. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand that. So then I get uh, more nervous. I get uh, less confidence like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you ever face a situation where a client developed feelings for you or wanted to take it further or? Um, I don't know, actually. They never told me. There are people know. that I, I had meet up with every month or so, which I think is quite a lot. If you do that for like eight months, yeah, it's 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 somebody really wanted to see me, but I, we never discussed if there was anything anything more or something. Yeah, well then probably not if they didn't uh, make yeah. that clear or. Yeah. Or but with me you have to be really clear and just state it like <laughs> I want to be your boyfriend. Then I'm like oh. I want to marry you, otherwise you don't yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay, interesting. So well then obviously from everything you said I gather that you're a gay man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Was it were you always gay or did you ever or... Yeah, yeah, I, I had my first boyfriend when I was nine. Nine? Yeah. Oh my so god, how cute. I already knew uh it was in my class and we were best friends and holding hands and we even kissed on the mouth <laughs> oh once. Oh my god. Um, but this was pre transition, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious now if, if he is gay as well now, because I always was super boyish. Like I've never been a girl in the sense that having long hair, wearing dresses. I was playing ice hockey when I was 10. So I, I always was quite tough and boyish. Butch, but yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I'm, I'm curious if he's gay now. Should look him up. I tried, <laughs> but he, yeah. Fabian, if you're hearing this, let me know. <laughs> Fabian, let's make a story. Let's make a Netflix series yeah. about the reunion. <laughs> So you have you ever never been attracted to a woman then? No, no. It's I think it's quite weird because I think I'm close-minded for not uh, falling in love with women. But I don't know why. But it's just yeah, I'm not attracted to women. But I do have to say, like one friend of mine is kind of hovering between being a woman and being non-binary. And when they asked me if I wanted a threesome with them and their boyfriend, I was like. I'm not saying no, but they have like a female body. So I'd say they didn't do any medical transitioning. And then it was like, I could have sex with them because they're not a woman. And still they have a women's body or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm so I, I have to say, like, also these lines are not as strict. Maybe I can fall in love with a woman. It just had never happened before. Yeah, I love that you say that because lately that's how I'm thinking about it as well. It's almost like you need something to help you with that transition of like, okay, you're not presenting completely as a woman because I'm also not attracted to women. But if it presents as male, then maybe, yeah, or if it yeah. crosses the line, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's also something in your head, of course. And I noticed that from the other side, like I thought that I was uh, fully a man before I had my phalloplasty, but some people said, so, oh, you're going to have the phalloplasty operation now. Well, then your boyfriend is finally becoming fully gay. And I was like, no, he's gay already because I'm fully a man. Yeah. Even if I don't have a penis, it doesn't matter. But I understand that other people can see that differently because now I, I'm on the other side of seeing it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It is indeed in our minds, these yeah. things. Yeah. But you have to reach the point where you realize that then for you to be like, oh, it's actually just mental. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you think like you think you don't have an have a, a choice of who you love. But I do think there is some sort of choice where you can tr choose to try it or yeah. not. Yeah. And a exactly. lot of men are like, I'm gay and I never want to do anything with women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and I agree, but I don't know if I would call it choice, because you're maybe unconsciously. Yeah, least. unconscious. Yeah. Is it. There is something that's, yeah, working without our awareness. Yeah. You said something very interesting before we started recording that really caught my attention, that your family knows. Yeah. So that's not a very common thing. Can you tell us, like, how did you just blurt it out to them, or were they already open-minded, or what's... Um, actually, I don't, uh, only my mom knows. My dad has passed away, and uh, my brother's... I don't think they know, um, but I told my mom, yeah, I was going through a tough time with my uh, ex-boyfriend and then uh, something happened in sex work with him. And I told my mom and she was like, oh, sex work. And I was like, yeah, I've been doing that for years <laughs> as if it was like, how do you not know this? And, and then that was it. Like very matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did she not have like follow up questions or I mean, as your mother, like I would imagine. <laughs> No, not really, actually. But wow. we, we always have quite a distance relationship with each other. So define distant. What mm, like? like she was not as involved in my life uh, as, as some other mothers are. OK, so that might be a difference or and my mom is also quite sex positive. Like she encouraged me to always ask any questions I had when I was little about it and then answer them just in a proper way and uh, teach us the right words for the genitalia and not some foo-foo word or something, just yeah. vulva or vagina. Like, <laughs> so she, she, she always encouraged me to be open about it. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know, I'm no psychologist, but clearly that had effect on how clear and honest you are about like just your boundaries, but like, yeah, what you say yes and no to it's Yeah, yeah, yeah I... I well, boundaries sometimes had been a problem, but talking about it, like I don't not, I I wasn't raised with any shame about having sex. And some people really f learn this shame from their parents. And I was like, no, it's a normal part of being an adult. So uh, almost every adult has sex. Why are we so secretive about it? I, yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah million dollar question. Yeah, it's like it's, it's so spread in society and so like hardwired into everything yeah shame yeah. yeah and i do understand if people don't want to know anything like they don't want the ins and outs of penetration or whatever but yeah i think just having a broad conversation about having sex it should be possible with 
with anyone if they want it, of course, but. Yeah, and was what about like coming out as trans? Because you said you transitioned early, so obviously the family was, you know, aware of it early on. Like, yeah. were they also, um, you know, supportive and about that? Um, easy or? Well, I, I knew since I was eight, I knew since I'm two that I need a penis, since I'm wow. two years old, because I was, I thought that overnight it would grow. <laughs> and then oh I woke God. up really disappointed. Um, and then when I was eight, I saw a television program with uh, about a trans boy who was 12 or something. And it had like, there are 100,000 trans people in the Netherlands. And the first thing in my head was 100,000 and one. I was like, huh? oh, <laughs> then I'm that one. So then when I was eight, I had a word. But when I was, I never told my parents because I have three older brothers. So I was their daughter. Um, and they were, especially my mom was really happy that she had a daughter, even though I never behaved like one. Um, but when I was 12, they took me to a psychiatrist in the VU Medical Center, but they kind of forgot telling me what kind of psychiatrist. And we sat down and my mom on one side and my dad on the other side. And then this woman asked, so you want to be a boy? But I had never discussed it with anyone. So that was kind of, yeah, blown back by that question. Um, and then I said that I was still doubting. And then... So how did she... So they knew then? Yeah, well, my, my parents suspected it and brought me to a special psychiatrist. Uh, but they didn't, I, I didn't know what kind of psychiatrist and I didn't know they suspected anything. Oh, you have really cool parents, I have to say. Like, yeah. They're so away, in tu let's say in tune with you. Yeah, well, it, it was also pretty obvious, like. Yeah, but you'd be surprised <laughs> how parents can turn a blind eye yeah, to things yeah, that yeah, are glaringly obvious, yeah. Yeah, I think when I was really little, like I, I also said that I wanted to be a boy or I changed my name to a boy version of my old name and introduce myself to people like that. So like there were some signs, but yeah. I can't get over the fact that you wanted to have a penis when you were two years old. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's kind it's of weird. sweet in a way. Like, yeah, yeah, I was still You actually remember that or you were told that? No, I remember it because I never told anyone. So, I mean, now I did, but as a child, I never told yeah. anyone. So I can't be re-remembered. Um, no, I, I, I have very vivid memories from very young age maybe we're going off tangent with from sex work but more about transitioning but it is also equally fascinating because a lot of people you know are against people transitioning when they're young right because people can be confused when they're young but there are clearly exceptions to that rule where people are very clear yes since they're very young and i kind of understand that a lot of toddlers you know they have an idea they want to be uh, i wanted to be a dog also at some point in my That's thing, yeah. childhood like <laughs> yeah but if, if a child shows so many signs at such a young age, because you don't, you're not thinking about gender roles in society when you're two years old. So then I, you can expect this kind of an inherent feeling that like super internal, like I am, this is me. But I, I do understand that people are a bit hesitant with, with transitioning with young kids. But as long as you don't do any medical transition, everything is reversible. You exactly. can, if the child wants to be called... Uh, Pete one day, we call you Pete, you know, and the next day it's Yolanda, okay, we call you Yolanda. It's, and that's point of your childhood is figuring out who you are. So also trying things out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, that's that's great that you that you say that. How How is your relationship with your brothers now? Um, Yeah, with some it's pretty good. With the other, my oldest brother, I don't see so much anymore, but I mean, my eldest two brothers are 22 and 20 years older than me, so my oldest brother is 50 and my other brother is 58 or oh, 48 i mean oh wow so that's quite old and they have a family they have kids and i try to see the kids sometimes so then i also see my brothers and my other brother is four years older than me and we have good relationship yeah but i don't think he's he's the opposite of me with talking about sex like he's super secretive and closed about it and he never wants to have any conversation even aims to going to sex or something Damn. so it's it's really really the opposite is it a religious thing or just a personal no, thing no no he's very not religious it's just he doesn't like it he's, he's a bit prudish but yeah that's fine of course but I, so I don't I, ne I don't think he knows that I do sex work just because he doesn't want to hear it yeah exactly to go back to what you were saying about your parents because a lot of times we know something but we just don't want to know yeah yeah exactly or my mom told him or something, I don't know. Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure he's 
also kind of supportive. He would be kind of supportive about it or not think anything bad of it. He has also been the person that always, since I'm one year old, always supported me in being a boy. Um, oh. So, yeah, I know he's a really supportive guy and he, uh, yeah, he just likes me for who I am. So, yeah, I'm sure being a sex worker is not a problem to him also. That's beautiful. Nice. So, Levi, it was lovely talking to you, really. Thank you very much. And I'm going to hold you to that thing that I'm going to try that machine. I for want sure. you to electrocute me. For sure. <laughs> Great. But honestly, thank you for your honesty and just sharing and being open. It's lovely. You're welcome. Thanks for having All me. All right. Great. Well, <laughs> bye. Bye. <laughs> Big thank you to our fabulous guests from this week and of course to SOA AIDS Nederland for creating the SWAT that is making this podcast possible. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or follow us on Instagram or Twitter with the handle Penny for Your Love Podcast. If you have any questions, comments or fun stories you want to share about sex work or anything else that's on your mind, please DM us at Penny for Your Love Podcast on Instagram or send an email to Penny for Your Love podcast at gmail.com thank you for listening and we'll be back next week for an even more fabulous more juicy episode I love-